lots and lots of spoilers. As we all know, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. What does this have to do with this week's entry in our Isn't It Romantic series? Nothing. Nothing. Not a sausage. <laughs> because this week's entry, which may in fact have love impacting the ocular surface in the manner of a popular foodstuff, is about as far from Italian as it's possible to get geographically. Yes, we're chatting about 2018's Crazy Rich Asians, the most modern film in this series, and the one involving the fewest white people. Yay. Tale as old as time. Boy meets girl. Boy's family doesn't approve of girl. Girl builds an all-destroying death machine. Boy turns into a sentient asparagus. Uh, Caraway seeds become sesame seeds and discuss um, Cartesian dualism. Um, I mean, <laughs> come on, how many times have we heard this story? Uh, I... Well, never, because no one will publish my brilliant novel, Death and Asparagus. <laughs> <sighs> but someone did decide to make this movie based on another book. Well, that's, and we're going to talk about it. That's because you're not willing to make it a series. <laughs> I will not compromise my vision. <laughs> I am your host, Max Crouching Wombat Levine. And over there, floating serenely in a giant lotus blossom, is your other host, Mike, the beat the rising and advancing of a squirrel loose. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> sure, why not? Every week we have to come up with something better. <laughs> Every week. It's a lot of, it's a lot of pressure. We hope you people appreciate this. Yeah, pressure. <laughs> well, so, yes, but before we talk about the movie, there are trivialities to discuss. There are hard to believe. There uh, are actually quite a lot. I'm, I'm oh, I cool. tend to pare some of it down. The show. Uh, the budget for this was thirty million dollars. The world. That's all. That's it. Oh my god. Thirty <laughs> million. By the way, the director Kevin Kwan was offered a bigger contract by Netflix. Said, "Hey, we will give you a huge budget uh, if you do it for us." And Kwan turned it down. He said, "No." Do you no. mean the novelist? Yeah, no, the director. The director. Oh, I'm John sorry. Chu. You're right. You're right, John Chu. Hang on, I have it written down. Who turned that down? Nope, it was Quan. It was the writer. Okay, the writer. Okay, he, he, so yeah. they wanted the rights for it. Yeah, okay. exactly. He did. He he said no, uh, because he wanted it to be. Uh, it was thirty million bucks from Warner Brothers, and it was done. He did this intentionally to send the message that Asian American studio movies are commercially viable, and he nailed it because this movie made two hundred thirty-eight million dollars. Dang. Yeah. And uh, I should point out, and this sh you should see this coming. This book is part of a trilogy, so yes, we're getting a sequel. Or uh, we were. It's been somewhat delayed for, oh, you know, reasons. Uh, how about stuff? Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. How about Zangief's ass? Zangief, <laughs> it was definitely because of Zangief's ass, and I hope he feels bad about that. Damn you, Zangief, Zangief. and your ass! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other two books are China Rich Girlfriend, which is the next movie, if it ever comes out, and Rich People Problems. Uh, okay, which could have been a name for this movie. Now, uh, John Chu, the director, he revealed, you know that amazing ring that her character Eleanor wears, that gigantic emerald and diamond monstrosity, I mean, piece? Yeah. Michelle Yeoh, who plays Eleanor, uh, was dissatisfied with the mock-up ring that they were she was going to wear, so she showed him a ring from her personal collection. <laughs> She owns a ring, maybe not that exact ring, but the same design, meaning she has somewhere an emerald ring that you could use as a boat anchor. Well, good for Holy her. Holy crap, man. Way to get that money. Uh, Probably carved it out of the mountain herself. Yep. Uh, Aquafina, who plays Peek Lin, most of her lines in this were improvised. It was just her. I'm not surprised. Yeah, comes across uh, very well. She was originally supposed to wear a bunch of different wigs throughout the movie, but once she put on the blonde wig, they just looked at her and said, yeah, we're keeping this one. Oh, it's, I, I was willing to believe it was her own hair. Yeah, they, they kept, that's why they wanted to keep in the joke where uh, her, her father, played by Ken Jeong, keeps, calls her Asian Ellen, <laughs> as in Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, Henry Golding, who plays Nick Young, 
This is his first movie. Mm. He was a travel show host before this, but was introduced to the producer after the producer met a studio accountant in Singapore who suggested him. Initially, mm. Henry turned down the audition for the role several times because he didn't think he was good enough for the part. And, uh, and, no, he and, was wrong. And he thought a, a, quote, legitimate actor would be better suited. John Chu had to reach out to him through a Facebook friend and finally convinced him. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There is also a cover in this movie of the Coldplay song, Yellow. John Chu personally wrote to the members of Coldplay asking for permission to use the, the song. Uh, the band was really kind of reluctant about this because, first off, Yellow, it's a connotation as an, a, uh, an, an insult, an epithet for Asian people. And uh, they also had been accused of cultural appropriation surrounding their song, Princess of China. But Chu won them over after explaining his fondness for the song, and he wanted to reclaim the word yellow from its usage as a racial slur. Huh. Yeah. There are a lot of differences, by the way, between in the book and the movie. One thing in the, in the book, Michael isn't, doesn't actually cheat on Astrid. The, message, the text message that Astrid finds is fake. He intentionally leaves it there because he thought it would make Astrid more willing to get a divorce he feels that Astrid's family would never accept him despite all his professional accomplishments. It's hmm. sort of noted at the end uh, he does eventually leave. Hmm. Now, the, uh, the uh, Nick's grandmother's house, which is Tiresol Park, the, the or house, yeah, 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 <laughs> sprawling vista. Compound. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'll get to that. That's, uh, it's actually in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, Apparently, the ma the mansion was created out of two abandoned Malaysian government-owned buildings. The jungle had already started to take over. Floors had collapsed. There was monkey poop everywhere, bats. <laughs> and uh, they had to strip out the carpeting. They stenciled the floors to make it look like expensive towel tile and found a local muralist to create leafy graphics for the walls. Yeah, th this wait. was a government building that they reclaimed. Wait, wait, wait. They reclaimed... Just for the movie? Yep. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Dang, huh? 30 million? Are you sure? That's what it says. <laughs> Cripes. The, right. the tiger in the foyer of this house, which is where Nick and Astrid would hide cigarettes, it was a, a, it was a prop. But, well, the ma according to the Hollywood Reporter, the mansion's taxidermy tiger was a bit problematic. The best specimen was in London, and the production designer realized he'd have trouble getting across international borders. So instead, he hired a bunch of sculptors in Thailand to create a tiger out of foam and fake fur, only to have it held up in Thai customs because the agents thought it was real. <laughs> they thought he was smuggling a stuffed tiger. They got it... Oh, in tiger! <laughs> I did see a tiger in there. A tiger in, in Kuala Lumpur. Must escape from the zoo. Shh. They finally got it installed the night before they were going to film the scene. Wow. <laughs> what a lot of trouble for such a, a, a small thing. Yeah, it's okay. in like two shots. Yeah, if that. Yeah. Uh, when Rachel is at, asks about her dress, says, I thought red was a lucky color, right? And uh, Y Moon responds, yeah, if you're an envelope, which cracks everyone up. I, did, did you get that joke? Uh, no. I actually did, but only because I read it in a webcomic. There's a, a Chinese tradition of giving Ang Pao envelopes, lucky money, on New Year's, and they're always in they're always in red envelopes. Oh, on okay. usually on Chinese New Year. Princess Intan, that Rachel sits with at the wedding, is at, is played by a woman named Chris Aquino. She was the daughter of former Philippine President Corazon uh -oh. Aquino. And Senator ben Benigno Aquino, and the sister of former President Benigno Aquino. She's the, uh, if you remember, Corazon Aquino was one of the people who tossed out President Marcus and uh, his more famous wife, Imelda, she of the 400 shoes. Uh, isn't that, wasn't that a Dr. Seuss book? Yes, she is. Imelda and the 400 shoes. It was indeed. <laughs> I would not, could not with a pump. Uh, <laughs> I should not, will not, you, you Mike, you lump. Um, <laughs> the German subsidiary of Water, Warner Brothers was kind of criticized, including by their own papers, Die Zeit and Stern, for the way the film was distributed. Some examples included removing the word Asians from the title, 
So just crazy rich? I don't know. Modifying the film poster to a more generic non-Asian design and having almost no trailers or TV spots running. In large, they tried to whitewash the entire film. They did. In, in large cities like Berlin, Munich, and Cologne, only a few cinemas showed the film. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice, huh? Hard to believe that. that hard to believe the Germans would be racist <laughs> about something. That's just so out of. Anyway. Uh, oh, let's yeah, not. Let's yeah. not. Uh, the film is shot in locations in Kuala Lumpur, Langkawi, which I don't know where that is, Penang, Malaysia, and in Singapore. Wow. Uh, Kevin Kwan is a native of Singapore. He's not going back there in a big hurry because he's been charged with draft dodging in Singapore, which is liable for a fine of up to $10,000 and, imp- and or imprisonment up to three years. How about caning? Might be caned, too. It's yeah. it, they have mandatory enlistment for all persons over sixteen and a half years old. I don't know why sixteen and a half. Mm. Uh, he uh, he give you six months to drive. So and then you he ain't, he ain't going back in a big uh, hurry. The um, the bachelorette party on Samsara Island. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, Samsara. I knew I'd heard the word, but I didn't know where it was from. Is the Buddhist and Hindu concept of the circle of birth and rebirth. The literal endless hell that Buddhists try to break by reaching nirvana. Buddhist doctrine says that people who are stuck on material things and feelings are locked into samsara forever. Kind of fits the way the, the party goes, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, then, kind of a lot. Yeah, there's a ton of other stuff, mostly about things like, you know, both both Michelle Yeoh and Constance Wu, who plays Rachel, have been in Marvel movies. And uh, th- right. there's a ton of stuff, but... I think that well, Michelle Yeoh is thankfully, thankfully, because I love Michelle Yeoh, been in lots of things, and she's one of the few big name Hong Kong actresses to actually move over to the West successfully. Yeah, because um, we used to see her in Chow Yun Fat films. Yep, and Jackie Chan. And Jackie Chan, and you know she's on Star Trek Discovery. She's in this. She's been in everything. Um, we'll get to her. We'll get to her. Yeah, she's she's awesome. She really is amazing. So that's pretty much all of the trivia. So now, the plot. Good luck. Yeah, well. Action. Red dress. <laughs> Rachel Chu, played by Constance Wu, is born in New York to Chinese working class parents, is a brilliant economics professor at NYU, and in a serious relationship with her annoyingly handsome boyfriend, Nick Young, Henry Golding, who hails from Singapore. When Nick invites Rachel to accompany him to Singapore for the wedding of Nick's best friend and to meet Nick's family, she discovers that not only is Nick's family ludicrously wealthy, but he is also the most eligible bachelor in, well, pretty much all of Asia. And Rachel becomes the target of jealousy and and worse, the disapproval of Nick's formidable mother, played by the awesome, I have that in all caps, Michelle Yeoh. (laughs) Can Rachel find acceptance in this new world? Will Nick be forced to choose between his family and the woman he loves? Does this kind of story sound a teensy bit familiar? Find out. The lowdown. So, have you seen this before? No, you and uh, I'm surprised I haven't been chastised for that because, <laughs> as I may have mentioned at the end of last week's episode, uh, a friend of mine's cousin is John Chu. Ah, oh wow! So it was when it was coming out, he was like, "You should all go see it." Blah blah blah, and I didn't. I was not in the mood for a rom com, um, and you know, we'll decide at the end whether that was a mistake or yeah. not. But we're talking about it now, and in a way, it's maybe better that I did wait because if we do like the film if we come out in favor of it maybe we can influence more people to see it maybe so so, uh, so byron don't I, hurt me yeah <laughs> i do have to point out this was probably one of john chu's major cinematic breakthroughs he did mostly tv before this and he did a gi joe movie <laughs> we don't we try not to talk about that shall we hey it made and money paid the bills i always thought it was interesting this movie opens with a quote from napoleon Sure. Yeah, why not? About, you know, do not wake China for it will shake the earth. You know, they referred to China as the sleeping dragon. Right. And they were in, I mean, the quote is in a way probably correct. Yeah. Um, certainly uh, economically, that's that's been a thing. I do. Um, I like a lot of the visual touches in this movie. I really like in the, op- in the op- part of the opening where Nick is actually spotted in public with Rachel by this woman who is identified only as Radio One Asia. <laughs> and she starts a treat, a tweet storm or a text storm, and 
basically all of Asia finds out who Nick is dating in like yeah. um, in like three minutes. Yeah. So quickly that his mother on the other side of the planet finds out and calls him. Right. And he was like, wow, wait, that's funny. We were literally just talking about that. <laughs> yeah. It's like everybody knows. And I don't think he actually meant a specific person when he said Radio 1 Asia. I think he just meant that's what happens. No, like, no, Radio... No, no, that, if you look at the text... Oh, she's a character? Her, that is her name. That, or oh, not her right. name. That is her um, tweet handle. You know, when you see at the at sign, it's at Radio 1 Asia. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought he was actually just referring to a cultural thing. No, no, because he, know... he looks across the street and he sees her and he recognizes her. Hmm. I just thought he might recognize It's like, oh, it's somebody with a phone. So, But that's fine. That's one of the things that, that I will say makes this movie a little easier as an old white guy to watch <laughs> is that I know it is written by Asian people. It stars Asian people. It's directed by Asian people. So it's not a case of somebody making this up to make Asian people look funny or awkward or whatever it is. This is all apparently culturally based. Yep. The only white people in it are, uh, I mean, that have Klaus from Umbrella Academy. (laughs) What? (laughs) You didn't notice him? No. Was that the poker player? Yeah. Oh, Oh, that was Klaus. Oh, geez. Yeah. I did I'm not... sure he has an actor's name too. I, but whatever. Yeah. That's right. There's him, and then of course in the in the pre in effect the um, flashback, the the past where Eleanor brings the family to the hotel in England. Oh, that's right. And yeah. I would like to say that as an Englishman, I find the representation of my countrymen really offensively stereotypical. Um, you're from the northeast of the american but you're from oh, usa the deuce you British. say you ruddy coster monger i'll slap you silly i will queensbury rules i, Bubble I think squeak. i said you're not british <laughs> how can you listen to this accent and say that but anyway no that's that's right apart from those two scenes that's pretty much it yeah. the rest of it takes place or most of it takes place in singapore and par- yeah. and nearby areas and I hope, if nothing else, that John Chu proved them right, approached himself right in that I didn't care. It's an interesting story with interesting characters, one way or the other, whether it's successful or not. Yeah. We'll get to that. We do have to talk about the story a little. One of the things I felt through the whole movie is we've seen this so many times. If you took out New York professor and put in shop girl and you took out, you know, uh, old money Singapore and put in British or aristocracy, this has story is a classic. It's very, very old and has been done many times. Oh, what? You're actually rich? I didn't know that. I, was, I wasn't marrying you for your money, love. I loved you as yourself. Oh, but my family doesn't approve. The Winstus. I'm sure he wasn't British. Are you saying? <laughs> are you saying this story is a tale as old as time? Yes. <laughs> yes. Saying? Yes, because Henry Golding is such a damn beast. He is just hideous to look upon. Mm, I disagree. Yeah, I know he is oh. so damn handsome. I can't stand I, it. Actually, my first note for him is Nick has a lovely voice. Yeah. Oh God, is his, his he talks with his purr. It's just gorgeous. He does. Um, I. That may be fine, and I won't disagree with you that the the actual story may not be something particularly new. But, you know, you have two uh, two usual outcomes when you do something like that. People go, yeah, yeah, we've seen this before. Or you tell it in such a way, or with enough of a cultural twist, or with interesting and fun enough characters that you don't care. Yeah, right. and that's the thing. If we, Original story, these, this is a romantic comedy. There yeah. is only one story, really. <laughs> boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl. That's largely it. Or one thing. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> stuff happens in between, but really that's about it. <laughs> as, as our old friend Patton would say, they should just call it trying to beep. Yeah. <laughs> Will they beep? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I, I, also, I just like the way also the way they introduce the characters when Nick is describing his family and yeah. he's talking about his, I guess, uh, what's Astrid's his sister, Alistair's his brother. I think Eddie is also his brother or is he his cousin? I lost track. He said cousin, cousin Eddie. Eddie. And that's the only issue I had is initially I wasn't sure who was related to who, how. Yeah. Because when he gets to the airport, I thought Colin and... Araminta? Yeah, were his brother and sister. No, yeah, that's it's, like, it's, no. it's hard to tell. No, the, he says yeah. Colin's his best friend. They grew up together, and Araminta yeah. probably is just... I mean, it's clear 
that that's one of the things, and it's it's a true in any cultural of the super rich is they all know each other because right. these are the people you have something in common with. These are who you hang out with. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, the character, the, the couple of Colin and Araminta are adorable, and it's really sweet yeah. because very clearly they're one of the few married couples who really like each other. Well, not only that, but they're really nice people. Yes. And when we first meet them, because we know what's coming, we can see what's oh, coming yeah. partially because we've got background. We see we see his family and his mother and the you know giant army of servants and the house on the hill and everything. Um, but they show up at the airport and they're just wearing like t-shirt and jeans and stuff. I mean, they're nice clothes, but they're not you know they're spun gold. They're also very demonstrative and very affectionate. Yeah. And the first th- and all- the first thing they say is, "Are you hungry? You want to eat?" Yeah. Which oh oh, oh my did god! Did you want to eat there? Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> the way they do this great scene where they go to the street vendors, and now you and I both know someone. We have a mutual friend who lives in Singapore yes. and lived there for years. He told me that is absolutely true. The best place to eat is from the street vendors. These guys, the food they have is unbelievable. Well, the description is what tells you. For one thing, it's not street vendors like we're used to. It's like, it's not the taco truck. No. It's literally this big plaza that's just set up for for street food. Like, the, there is no restaurant. There's just outdoor places to eat, probably because the weather's nice all the time. But well, it's, And they said they had to earn... Well, there's monsoons. Yeah, I know. Well, no, it's just when my friend was trying to get me to visit, he was like, yeah, well, there is the weather. What's the weather like? Well, it's called the 80 rule. What do you mean? It's 80% humidity... 80 degrees, 80% of the time. Yeah. Well, Yikes. If you're used to it, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Not my sort of thing. I, but. I agree with Auntie Nina, who says, come on, Singapore is too hot. Get into the AC. Or, excuse me, the yeah. air con. Yeah. <laughs> but they, he even says, there's somebody who says that these people have to earn their place there. Yeah. And, like, they, and it's, it's handed down, and the families who own them perfect whatever that one thing it is they if maybe it's soup maybe it's chicken satay something but it's like that's the best one because that's the only way they keep their place i looked it up by the way uh nick is correct some of those stands earn michelin stars that's how good they are they get written up in the michelin guides i just wanted to be there right i don't care about the 80 rule i'm like i want to eat that and why aren't you all 500 pounds yeah that was what really annoyed me it's like they're getting these heaps and heaps of food and all four of them are skinny and gorgeous and cut yeah (laughs) i just i i don't know all the food in this movie i'm just like i would eat that i would eat i don't know what that is i'd eat that i'd eat that i don't care i I want that i I was uh yeah (laughs) that whole sequence is so nice the way the bond it establishes it shows how close Nick and Colin are and that they really like each other and what a sweet person Araminta is and she immediately likes Rachel. Yeah. It's a really it's really nice because immediately there are allies. They can see you yeah. can see this. Yeah. And uh well before we even get there really honestly um that's the way to fly. Oh <laughs> lord. Oh my lord that was uh, that plane and the first <laughs> This is not like this is not first class. I don't know what the word for that is because you don't just get bigger seats. These are little compartments that seats beds. fold down into <laughs> beds. And as Rachel points out, they like give them complimentary pajamas, and she goes, "These pajamas are nicer than anything I own." Yeah, yeah. Oh, and like they, I the want to fly back. that way. What? I want to go. I never want to fly any other way. I know. And I never like, will. I used to think those little pods they have in British Airways where you actually get to recline, but it's just a pod. I thought that was nice. To, oh, no. Lord. Now, on the way back to the room, they haven't even got there yet. Yeah. They're like, oh, hey, would you like some champagne here? And they hand the, oh, yes, one, two, please. Oh, sure. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when Rachel's like, because they first say, we'll take you to first class. And she's like, oh, no, 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 we're coach people. Yeah. And Nick's like, oh, no, actually, it's fine. And, and he's trying to ease her into this. Yeah. And they get back there and he's like, uh, it's a perk. My family does business with the airline. I'm like, your family owns the airline. Let's just face it. Yeah. They probably do. Very, very likely. Or they're the biggest customer. Or the only reason they don't own them is they haven't gotten around to it yet. And it that is actually a, an interesting thing. And they deal with that. You know, Rachel is pretty okay with it, although it does come as a bit of a shock, and she doesn't appreciate what it means when she realizes that Nick, as she says, you know, you you use my Netflix password, you you play <laughs> basketball at that Y that smells funny. Hey, I like that. Yeah, one. he's. I like that place. Thank you. You have a Jamba yeah. Juice card, <laughs> but he is clearly his insanely rich. 
Well, yeah. she has no idea until she gets there. And no. unfortunately, he uses a lot of the rich people's cliches. When he's, you know, he sa- she says, are your family rich? And he goes, we're comfortable. Yeah. Which, as she says, is exactly the sort of thing a super rich person says. And he also does that, uh, that rather sad, and this is a very real thing. I have heard people say this. I think of it as their money. Yeah, it's your money, dude. You have a trust fund the size of the Empire State Building. Yeah. Well, we will come to a point where he makes a decision about that. Yeah. And all right, I'm going to go. Let's talk about Nick for a bit. Yeah. One of my notes about Nick is okay, sure, he's v- ridiculously privileged. Quite honestly, the family depicted in this film could have financed this film without even sneezing. Yeah. Um, I, I literally cannot guess how much money there is. All right, picture how much money there is in Singapore. That's how much money they <laughs> yeah, have. These, these like guys that. are billionaires. These guys are yeah. these guys are the people Donald Trump wishes he were. Yeah. Uh, please just not mention that. Okay, either. sorry. Um, but Nick is a very rare, positive male role model. Nick, at no point in this film falls back on the usual cliches, the guy things. Mm. Um, There is one point where he's like, yeah, I screwed up. I didn't tell you ahead of time. I should have, but I'm sitting there going, how the hell do you do that? And he's got a point. It's like, look, if I did... I would worry that the money would become a thing, and he's it's quite well, obvious. He, that he, he doesn't say un- that. He doesn't say the money would become a thing. He says, you didn't know who I was, and you didn't care, and I love who I am around you. He likes... Yeah. That's, and that was like, oh, man, you are good! <laughs> it's like, how do you not fall in love with Nick Seriously, at that point? I wanted to make out with him at that point. He's a sweetheart. He is such and a- Rachel's wonderful, too. And the best thing I think about her is that not only is she really just genuinely nice, but she's really, she's, at, we would say, wicked smart. She's wicked smart. I gotta um, say, she, I think she's a much more interesting character than Nick. Yeah, Nick is, of course she is. Nick is, oh, let's face it, he's eye candy. He's there, and uh, he, he's a little too good to be true. But you know what? Fine. Yeah, it it's doesn't nice matter because she's it's the nice focus. It's nice to have a guy that yeah. is for yeah. a change that's supposed to just like, you know, oh, it turns out that he oh, he actually sneaks off at some point with the lawyer. Yeah, you know, yeah. Used to be, you know, we don't do any of that stuff and it's not necessary and it's really just nice for a change to see a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she... Who's also very pretty and has a really great voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and uh, who you get to see with his shirt off an awful lot. Uh, oh, do we? Yeah. I, I must not have noticed that. Um, well, never mind the shower scene with Michael. It's oh, like, boy. oh, who's that? Oh, hmm. Yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sitting there pardon. going, oh, put on a shirt, you son of a... <laughs> oh, no, it's hot. You shouldn't. You might sweat. Um, and we actually see a lot more guy skin than we see women skin. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you see a lot of very attractive men wearing very little. Yeah, it's fine. And, it, and the thing is, it's not a thing. You know, they don't throw it no. in your face. It's just sort of, I just, I'm sitting there going, is that just, you know, are they more comfortable, you know, with, ma- with male nudity in Singapore? I don't know. Oh, I think the shower scene with Michael was thrown at us. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> that camera, like, lovingly follows a drip of water yeah. down that torso. That's, That's a point. Not, That's a point. Yeah. But again, I, I don't really. I'll allow it this one time. <laughs> okay. Well, very nice of you. I also, but, I really like when uh, she goes and spends time with her college friend, Peek Lin. I like every moment she spends oh, with Peek Lin. Oh, my God. Her whole, that house, that family is hilarious. They're wonderful. Oh, they are. And first of all, Aquafina, I really like. I liked her in uh, Ocean's 8. She does a nice job. Her big thing is this movie called The Farewell, which sounds too sad, and I haven't been able to get myself to see it. Yeah. But she I is just, really funny. I just don't get her name. Like, why did you change that to that? Originally, I think she was a rapper. She was a hip-hop artist. Yeah. She I, has a, but Aquafina. I don't. Now she put a W in there, but it's like, like that's, awkward. you know that's a water. Well, it's like awkward. I don't know. I, uh, I it, don't, it is strange, but it works for her. And there she, is an entire sitcom in her family. She, her and her family. She has some kind of a sitcom. I think it's like called Aquafina is from Queens. Uh, something like that. I, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. She's delightful. <laughs> she is so funny, and everything. You know, as, as I said, she improvised almost all her dialogue, and you believe that because everything sounds absolutely natural coming out of her. Yeah. And her family is great too. <laughs> They're both horrible and adorable at the same time. 
Ken Jeong, who plays her family, is a scream. He I've seen he plays her whole family. <laughs> he yeah, he's father. He's the father. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> I know, but it was funny. Uh, I love. <laughs> He's great. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I went to UCLA. I majored in thought. (laughs) And he is both so incredibly inappropriate. Oh, God. And yet, utterly, there's no maliciousness in it. And and his his wife is so sweet. Nina is just great. And the place is so tasteless. It's really awful. So hard. I mean, they're not kidding when she says... that she based the decor on the Hall of Mirrors at Versailles, and Aqu- and Peaklin murmurs, and Donald Trump's bathroom. <laughs> and Rachel looks at her to see if she's joking, and she just looks at her deadpan and just shakes her head. <laughs> uh, I have one order for the decorators: gild everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yet they it looks like people live there. You know, there's kids' yeah. toys strewn around. And they're, they're just walking around in comfortable clothes. Not well, it's most. also obvious that he loves her because at one point, again, inappropriately, <laughs> he kind of jumps his own wife. Yeah, and like it's not her. pretty, but she laughs and she's rolling around with him and they're just like, okay, in the middle of the, yep. the, the dressing up scene, whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I adored them. And also, Peaklin's car, that color. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, she probably has other ones different colors, too. Yep. So. And again, she also is there. She's the best friend. She's there for exposition. She's the one who actually tell, you know, Because she tells Rachel what Nick won't. Because Nick probably right. either doesn't think of it this way. Or how do you tell someone, yeah, we're basically the richest and most powerful family in this part of the world? Yeah. And she does. Um, and she very bluntly. <laughs> I thought it was a very interesting <sighs> choice. To never show the father. Yeah, we never see Mr. Young, Nick's no, even father. In the beginning, when we find out that uh, the the poor family, the Chinese family that is being uh, told that no, they don't have a reservation, even though they've had one for weeks at this very posh hotel, this private hotel, suddenly find out that, oh, actually the husband just bought it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think but, he shows up in the other books, but no, we never see him because he's always at the office. He's always working. Yeah. yeah. That, that's Which also I, that's a big like, theme. I thought it was a very interesting choice because, of course, initially we're told that Rachel's father died uh, before yeah. she was born, mm-hmm. which there's a little bit of twist there. Yeah. Uh, there's another character that, as soon as the character showed up, I honestly thought the entire movie was doomed. Who? Cousin Oliver. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, of course. You know when a Cousin Oliver shows up, the show is going to jump the shark. Uh oh, Robbie Rist, that means three episodes to go. We're done. Sorry, yep. right, Brady Bunch reference. Also, yeah. what, many other shows he showed up on. Mary but, yeah, Tyler Moore. Color, let's face it, Cousin Oliver is also a rom com cliche. He the is the gay. He is the gay best friend. Uh, yeah, he is. This, this Oliver, not Robbie Rist. Yes, Robbie yeah. Rist is not. And I have, to, but I have to say, he's so uh, he's so sweet. He is. He's he, very stereotypical. He but. is very stereotypical, but there's something so charming about him and so charismatic. And I just, when he just, the little gesture he does, the rainbow sheep of the family. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I, I don't know the culture well enough to comment on it, but my feeling is that uh, homosexuality is, shall we say, not particularly accepted. Um, I have no as, idea. No, I, I don't, don't either, but I've seen other films where it's... And actually, there's a film I want to bring up where it very much was uh, a, a part of the plot. It was, it was a well, Hong Kong film. I, I, had, um, I had a friend from mainland China, and I remember him telling me... I don't remember how it came up. We were talking about gay people, and I remember him looking at me and saying absolutely seriously, yes, we don't have any gay people in China. Yeah. I'm like, um, dude... <laughs> I, I, I think just statistically, oh, if we had, it's like maybe a few. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you have a billion people. This was when there was like 1.2 billion people. I think you have, okay. It wasn't that he didn't, he didn't get offended. He didn't get, he wasn't being pugnacious about it. He was just, it was just matter of fact. We don't have them. Yeah. Like, um, okay. You probably have most of them. You probably have an, you probably have more than, than we have people in this country. But anyway. Yeah. 
Um, so we, we meet a few other characters, oh, yeah. one of whom is is uh, Ama, which is the grandmother. Yeah. Um, oh, and and I, really, I looked her up briefly, and it's like, oh, I wonder who she was. Oh, she's been in everything. She has. She was originally, <laughs> she was in one of the other really famous uh, all Asian, almost all Asian cast movies, The Joy Luck Club. Yep. And she, by the way, is 94 years old. And she plays the part of Velvet or Iron Fist in the Velvet Glove. Yeah, perfectly. She really it's is. Like, oh, oh, she's very sweet, and she wants to pass on traditions, but she will turn on you like a rabid dog. She will gut you like a trout. Yeah, you just know that Ama, which I believe that is, I think the word for grandmother. I'm not sure. I don't think that's her actual name, but no, one no uses but, her actual name. Well, you don't because she, her, it's a title. Yeah, it pretty much is. It's like the Godfather. It's, um, uh, yeah, we meet her, and yes, as you say, she seems so sweet and gentle, but she is ruthless and merciless. And yeah. we meet Eleanor, Nick's mother. Oh, my God. Michelle I Yeo. mean, talk about Michelle Crouching Yeo's, Tiger. <laughs> seriously, Michelle Yeoh is a friggin' national treasure of two countries. Yeah. Yeah, she's, I mean, I, I've never seen a bad Michelle Yeoh performance, never. Even when I couldn't understand her. Like when Crouching Tiger, which is probably the best known Hong Kong film because it really got a lot of exposure here. Yeah. I actually saw it in Toronto. Um, and finally people started realizing the kind of stuff that it's like, oh, this whole half of the world knows about this. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, and, you know, Michelle Yeoh and Chow Yun-Fat, uh, who is also an amazing actor, and then, you know, there's tons of other Michelle Yeoh Hong Kong films you can oh, yeah. get. And again, now she's over here doing stuff. And she's just one of those people that you go to and it's like, oh, we're going to get a great performance. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be great. The only problem with having Michelle Yeoh in a movie <laughs> is everyone else fades into the background when she starts to talk. It's the just like, hel get hello, quiet. it's like, hello, I'm speaking. Oh, where'd everyone else in the scene go? <laughs> Yeah. All, uh, or she makes that look. Oh, she can do so much with just her eyes. And yeah. she is just like, oh, if she disapproved, I just get the feeling if I showed up at her house and she looked disapprovingly, I would be, yes, ma'am, I'm going to go swim back to America right now. Goodbye. I mean, she shows up and, you know, Kirk turns to McCoy and says, do you know who that is? That's Tapao. <laughs> wow, nerd. <laughs> Well, if our listeners don't know that yes. by now, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Well, hell, I it's I, I instantly knew who you meant. So what am I saying? But uh, but uh, eventually yeah. we we bring Rachel before the royalty, which is Ama. Yeah, and I love what she says, and I'm sure it makes much more sense, you know, culturally if you understand uh, either the Singapore uh, culture or Chinese or whatever. And she says, Ah, you have a very auspicious nose. <laughs> yep, she thinks I have a lucky nose, and that apparently is a big deal. Sure. And I mean, that's what, Peek Lynn has that great line, because Peek Lynn often play, sort of comes across as a little ditzy, but she's, but sometimes she is just dead on. She, that's great. Eleanor can hate you all she wants. There's no way she can go against 3,000 years of Chinese filial piety. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what are you throwing filial piety around? Dang! Yeah, but then, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to go back really uh, quickly to the beginning because there's a really great bit of foreshadowing. So we, we first meet Rachel in what we think is a poker game, which I actually found annoying because it's like, oh, look, a woman can play poker. Of yeah, course they can. We don't need out. that. Which, thankfully, is not what's happening. It's actually a really cool demonstration in front of her class. Yeah. She's showing people um, all about things like tactics and, and uh, it's strategy. game and theory. That's what she teaches. Game theory. Yeah. And, of course, she beats Klaus from Umbrella. <laughs> um, I don't know his name, but that's yeah. who it is. Um, and, of course, we later get to see versions of this throughout the film. And one of them is we see Mom's character there, uh, Michelle Yeoh's character... Um, basically doing that, and that's how like she runs things not by stating no, you are not going to marry my son. Initially, she states things, she says things that that erode uh, Rachel's confidence mm -hmm. and make her feel out of place and stuff. And what happens is, thankfully, uh, uh, Peak Lynn says, "Well, she's playing you." What, yeah. what happened to the to the the game theory professor? You know what happened yep. to your skills? And she, that great line: "It's not about getting her to like you. She's never going to like you. It's yeah. about getting her to respect you." 
Yeah. And Astro Nature goes, I can do this. I do it. Chickens are <laughs> bitches. <laughs> They're talking about bonk, bonk, bitches. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, Uncle. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy across the it, it, you'd have to see the scene. It, it, describing yeah. it just doesn't do it justice, but they have a whole thing about chickens. <laughs> but the, And then we get something that, you know, like the story we've seen many times before, it's the makeover scene. Oh, um, and yes, of course the they get the gay scene. best friend yep. to, to take over. he usually doesn't have an entire staff of people in black helping no. out. And but, I gotta say, that scene is still just so cute. Well, it has one of my the funniest lines in the film. She's trying on dresses, and there one of them is the lines is ah, you know, tone the lights down. Now we know why disco died. But my favorite when he she comes out in this dress, and he's like, it looks like a slutty Ebola virus, <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, just died. It's all it's all bitchy comments, and yet they're yeah. still really funny. And yeah. I like that the whole family gets involved and the little girls well, are there playing. And a little too involved at one point. <laughs> yes, yes. And for some reason, the father thinks he's got the perfect dress. And I love Peak Lynn just looking at him and pointing out. Just out. Yeah. Nope, yeah. nope. And he knows better than to, to, to try to argue. Yeah. And what did you think of P.T., the brother? Because I mean, was very he, creepy. Was he? Yeah. Was he supposed to be cute? Because he's obviously this socially maladjusted, not nasty, but creepy looking. Just yeah. I mean, they play it up like he's actually good-hearted. Yeah. But he's one step away from a federal crime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think um, he, he's one I, step away from a windowless van. I get the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It is played for laughs. It was just short of problematic. Yeah. But, but they, they pulled back from it, I think, because he does, obviously he's all look, but not do. I hope. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Cause we're all looking at the dad who's dressed like Elvis. Yeah. We're gold. <laughs> El- Elvis makes some very interesting uh, appearances in this film, both with the dad, the way he's dressing, he's got the big pompadour and the cape <laughs> and the gold jumpsuit. <laughs> yep. And at the giant wedding, uh. where at one point, one of the guests says, is this a church or a rice paddy? <laughs> because there is water involved and they flood the main aisle yep. and there are, Handheld dragonflies, and I—you I, have to see this wedding to believe oh, it. It's but unbe- yeah. what's being sung? What is the song that where the bride is walking up can't, the aisle? It's can't a, help falling in love with you. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, Western influences. Now the interesting part is, and it reminded me a little of the old Mash TV show where you'd hear them singing "Happy Days Are Here Again," but it's in Korean or yeah. Chinese or Japanese is they're all Asian covers of these songs, but they're still very recognizably what they are. Sure, during the um, clothing try-on scene, it's a it's a, a cover of Madonna's Material World in Chinese. Right. <laughs> but I was just like, they've got this very nice folk singer with a yep. guitar at yep. the wedding singing an Elvis song in English. <laughs> uh, okay, sure. <laughs> American music and uh, movies are very popular. Well, we do tend to inflict it on people. Yeah, you kind. Of, yeah, we kind of basically hold you down and pummel you with music. But yeah, um, before we get too too far out of yeah. whack, I do want to get to our usual uh, talking points. So uh, one of them is we have to take for for granted or take as ready because we don't see it. But we do we buy how they meet? They meet at college. Well, we sure. never see it, so why not? It's New York. People meet in all sorts of bizarre ways. I don't have a problem with that. Well, if I no. remember correctly, I think it was the son of the Emperor of Japan went to Belmont High School. I That's uh, some member of the Japanese... No, it was uh, the daughter. It was a princess. Daughter? I think. Okay. I think it was a, the daughter of... Uh, I don't know if it was Akihito. Which is literally, or... uh, you know, right near where we grew up. Yeah. So, yep. uh, who knows? Sure. Yeah, it's entirely possible. We never really know what he was doing in New York. Uh, he they they do say briefly at one point. They I can't do remember what it was. Yeah, and I try to remember because it did have something to do with uh, with academia, but I can't remember what oh, it was. Okay. Maybe but it's obvious they met in college, and she stayed yeah. in academia because she wanted to become a professor, and she's really good at it. Well, clearly, well they haven't been together that long. They say it's only been a year. Or maybe he was. Oh, I don't. Hmm. He might have. I thought the college had something to do with it. Though. He might have been a ten. He might have been doing grad work, or who knows. Yeah, but 
sure, New York City, I'm sure everything from, you know, the Prince of Wales could be there at some point. Oh, well, sure. Probably not him, but, you know, uh, t- you know, could meet anybody. Yeah. So, sure, I have no problem with that. Um, one of our biggies, too, though, do you think that Rachel and Nick have chemistry? I do. I think they're very, I they? think they're very good together. I yeah, I absolutely Quite honestly, buy it. Nick has chemistry with everything. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, I don't understand how the two of them keep their clothes on around each other. Yeah, it, they're it, very sweet. They are very sweet and very affectionate, and they work. You know, there's just yeah. you can understand why their relationship works because she's sort of the more forceful. He's got he's this very calming sort of influence. Yeah, and. You know, you could sit there and, and find fault with Nick for not telling her, but quite honestly, I think it was the right one. Yeah, he probably it probably was. It's and it is hard to bring up. It's like, hey, by the way, my family could buy this entire island. Yeah. Oh, I own all the money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have any money? You know what? It's actually mine. Yeah. I. So I. You know, and if you're trying to, like, he obviously is. You know, and it's it, we've seen this before. You've mentioned this. He's the poor little rich boy that just wants to meet somebody real. So the only way to do that is just pretend that you're somebody you're you're not. And he thankfully doesn't really show any particular interest in material. Like she says, he, she steals his uh, Netflix password. She has a Jumbo Juice car. Um, he's really and he's bucking tradition, and that's something that they don't do as much with as they could have. But the idea of the son, the heir apparent of this gigantic global corporation, basically saying, yeah, I don't want that. Who? Um, yeah. And especially when you see who would get it instead of him, Alistair and Eddie. I mean, yeah. Alistair, we don't see much of. Eddie, uh, Eddie is hilarious. That is Ronnie Chang. I know him from The Daily Show. And yeah. he is hilarious. But again, he is a caricature. And he's awful. He is horrible. Although and- he might have a new wife soon. <laughs> now, what, what do you mean? Are you well, thinking of he, you thinking of Bernard? Oh yes, I am. I'm yeah. thinking of Bernard. Bernard right. Ty, who doesn't, who isn't married. And no, who, Eddie is the one who puts all his children at the right angle. Yes, I, I love that line. Remember, remember, optimal angles, and the the kids who are like I don't know, it's like seven, eight, and nine, instantly know what he means. Obviously, he's drilled yeah. them for how yeah. to stand when they're having their picture taken. Yeah, sadly, Eddie's pretty awful. Eddie is pretty um, awful. Alistair just seems shallow and dumb. Who's you, Alistair? He's the I brother. Honestly, he's he's a brother. Yeah, but which 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 character? Was oh, he, he was the I, uh, he's the one who was with Kitty Pong. He was with he was the movie maker. Okay, so he all right, all right, all right. Who's yeah, in love that, with what was basically a porn star? Who was yeah, also well, one of you know she is a ver- Kitty has a very small part, but she's one of the only people who, apart from Astrid in the family. Who is nice to Rachel right away? Yeah, and she and she's so sweet about it. When Rachel shows up at the wedding, ready for a confrontation because she's there in effect in defiance of Eleanor, who has told her to her face, "You will never be enough for my son." Kitty is the first one who leans over and looks at her outfit and just goes, "Gorgeous." Yeah, yeah. She sadly is also a gold digger, and we oh, very, know this because- oh, it's very clear. They and she make the thing is she makes no bones about it. She's no. actually very refreshingly upfront. Yeah. And, and, well, when you're surrounded by that kind of wealth, which you know, I, I don't even, I can't imagine it. I, it's kind of hard not to start to be sucked in. Some yeah. Way. But, and it, it's uh, a- which, I, which is actually one of my other uh, uh, talking points, which is Max. Yeah. If you ever had the poss- the 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 chance, if the possibility ever rose that you could become that wealthy, could you deal with the responsibility? Oh God, I don't think so. I think you may have to be born into that. I think you have to grow up with it. Yeah, you have to be taught because I think this is why a lot of people who win the lottery and win like a hundred million dollars end up broke in three years. Yeah, you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, and honestly, well, you, I am sorry. Those people have more money than anyone should have. That's true. No one needs that that sheer insane level of wealth. We see that the house. What is it? Astrid says, just as a throwaway, I own fourteen apartment buildings. Yeah. Holy crap, man! Yeah. And she yeah. impulse buys one a one point five million dollar pair of earrings because she thinks they look nice. Now, to be fair, we don't know what the currency was. 
Because uh, if it was Singapore dollars, yeah. that may be different than the amount. Now, I'm still saying it's obviously a lot of money, but we don't actually know if that's supposed to. I don't think True. it's supposed I don't to be know dollars. What, I don't know what the exchange rate is with the Sing dollar and, and the dollar. The idea is that it's a ridiculous amount of money for a pair of earrings. Yeah. That's all that yeah. counts. Really, the amount doesn't really matter. Um, I I agree. I that like not only do I not want that, but I'm just sitting there looking. Go, there is so much responsibility involved with this. Like these are people who think they're free, and they they're not because anything that threatens that money and everything could just come tumbling down, or suddenly they have to to realize that they are really shackled to yeah, it. Yeah, you have to watch it if, all the time. Yeah. And it it's funny, um, there's a line in there when they're, when they're at the bachelorette party and they're doing like a giveaway at uh, the boutique, and Amanda Ling, who is a really serious jerk and really nasty, and uh, yeah. actually really impressively so, because she is just yeah. cunning. Well, she is a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, you believe that. As she, mm-hmm. as she puts it, yep. Nobody likes free stuff as much as rich people. <laughs> this is, I think this is true, and I, I cannot say this about all rich people, because I haven't known that many really rich people, but a lot of them are really stingy. Yeah. They don't like to spend their money, and I think that's how they stay rich. Yeah. And when you look at those those grab bags they give out at the Oscars, right? Boy, yeah. And those people don't need any of that stuff. And they will and- fight for them. Yeah, they will. They will. You will get like an Eileen's el- basement. Yep, you'll get an elbow in the throat if you try to keep them from a gift bag. I need that perfume ah! I can buy a hundred times over for free now. <laughs> yeah, boy, you know that Meryl Streep. She's a real elbow queen. Oh. I'm just kidding. No idea. <laughs> oh please! Um, they, they, everyone takes the bags and throws them at Meryl. So, uh, so we buy how they meet. Yeah. We buy the chemistry. How about uh, the ending with them getting together? Do we buy end, that? The ending is a little troublesome for me, I oh. have to say. And again, okay. it's very clear this is a sequel big, and this is because this is the first book of a trilogy. It can't really end that neatly. I mean, in some ways, I like the scene on the airplane where, you know, it's the whole she's turned him down, but she's earned Eleanor's respect, and he comes. It's, again, such a rom-com cliche, especially in the modern era of the guy cha- or the girl chasing down the other into, in some awkward place. and it, It's really f- cute. <laughs> it doesn't fit the tone because Nick has not been goofy at all in the rest of the movie. And in this scene, he's kind of goofy. Hmm. But it's so sweet. I love the woman behind Rachel. (laughs) The one who accepts before Rachel does. You marry me. And she just starts screaming, yes, yes, she will marry you. It's so so adorable because she's so caught up and she's become invested in them in like 15 seconds. It's adorable. But it it leaves a lot of stuff open. Does this mean is Rachel going to give up her life in New York? She loves what she does. She loves... Mm-hmm. Her job and her, and her is she going to give it all up and become in effect a trophy wife or a business wife or do whatever it is she's supposed to do that mm-hmm. Eleanor expects her to do? We don't know. Or is Nick going to leave? We don't know. I didn't have the same problem you did. Um, I, I I didn't fall for it, but uh, I let's just say it made me happy. <laughs> I won't go any further than that, because to do so would be to admit weakness, and I'm not doing that in front of you. Um, But the one thing that bothers me... Now, there's this great scene um, with where Rachel... It's it's after she said no. And she's basically making a final statement. And it is very well played. It fits in with who she is, with her game theory and everything. And she basically invites... Uh, Nick's mother oh, yeah. to a Mahjong parlor. That's not in the book, by the way. That whole thing was a tribute to the Joy Luck Club. Mahjong's a big part of that. Well, Ma- Mahjong's a huge thing out there. Oh, yeah. Um, now, the one issue I have with that scene is that most of us here in the West probably haven't played Mahjong. And even those who've played it a few times, like you and I played it a few times. I don't I remember couldn't... anything. <laughs> I re- I forgot every rule. I have no idea what happened in that game. Nothing. And that's the problem, yeah. is that what happens is we see that what it looks like to the mother is that Rachel has thrown down a tile foolishly. The mother grabs it and wins. And meanwhile, Rachel's telling her, look... I said no, but I did it because I love Nick. 
And I want you to remember when you're bouncing grandchildren on your knee, when Nick has married somebody later on and happy, that you remember that it was me who gave you this. And she turns her tiles over. My feeling and is what she's showing she did. is that she won. She had a higher hand. She no, and, she won the game. That I looked. I had to look it up. But yes, oh, see. The hand she had was a winning set of tiles. And so, in effect, she beats Eleanor on several levels in one moment. That's a really cool cool scene. What? One might even say she beat her at her own game. Yeah, she did. And And there's that look from Michelle Yeoh. It's just eyes because she doesn't say anything. But you see that actual slight quiver of defeat, but also that steely, I'm not going to show it. Yeah. And again, like. Damn. It, yeah, yeah, it's basically just looking there going, damn, girl. Yeah. That so was for impressive. Me, the, the bit about do we buy the ending and them getting together, the only thing I have trouble with is I honestly don't believe that the mother gave up that quote unquote easily. Maybe. Uh, and and the- I didn't I didn't feel it as a sequel bag. I didn't know there were two more books. And actually, my thought was, I hope there aren't any more movies. I like this fine the way it is. Yeah. Um, and if, it, if there's already a story written, then I have less of a problem with it because I don't like it when people are suddenly like, oh, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next movie. Um. We're all, they're on a nice planet, and uh, okay, well, you know. No, no. Apparently, the next movie in, in the book involves um, meeting Rachel's biological father. Oh, okay, yeah. that might be interesting. Mm. Yeah, her mom Did, is great, by the way. Oh, her I mom love her is mother. her mom is so cool. Yeah, she really. I love is. her mom. So, <laughs> but we're also getting towards that point. Any yeah. other uh, quick notes before we uh, wrap up and say, hey, do yeah. all these disparaging um, uh, details and characters and craziness actually lead to a decent yeah. film? Do you have anything? Did you watch the credits? Did you see the little mid-credits bit? I got up to use the toy ah. <laughs> There, It's just a real throwaway. It, it, it's just a little funny because uh, one of the characters, there's this guy who's... Uh, Mentioned in, he was actually promoted on the poster. His name is Henry Shue, I believe. Henry Shue Jr. And they made a big deal about he's in the movie. He's in the movie. He has no lines. He's on screen for about three and four seconds. And it's in this mid-credits scene. They're at the engagement party. Astrid is walking around. She stops. She looks over. She sees this good-looking guy. And they smile at each other. That's him. Ah. And that is the mid-credits. It's like, oh, so here's you know someone that asked you know, maybe Astrid will, will find happiness as well, because she does she is in the end she's getting divorced from Michael. Yeah, needs well, to, a, who needs to get hit putz. by he needs to be hit by a truck. Anyway. A poor, I mean that is that whole you know ma- toxic masculinity thing, but turned in on the guy feeling it because she obviously actually loves him. Yeah, and is and, and it respects does not matter him. to her. Yeah, it does not matter to her that she has all the money. Like it just does not matter. Yeah, but you and, kind of see that. I'm sorry, especially in an a- in Asian culture and hell in okay. this culture. Even though women are becoming more and more of not just equal, but now are are the breadwinners. It's Good. very a lot of men cannot deal with it. The fact if a woman has earns more money or is worth more money, and in this case is worth insanely more money. Yeah, he cannot handle it. It really does. It, it emasculates him in his own head. Which, again, is his weakness, not yeah. anything she did. No, and that's what's sad, again, because she actually loves him. It's not some sort of, oh, I married you because you're pretty, because he is. <laughs> um, you can see that she loves him. She has their child. She's well-known. But he can't deal with it. And so there's yeah. that affair. And the one thing I did like about the way they dealt with his character is at the very last scene where she's walking away you finally get the impression that he realizes what he's done and what he's lost. Yeah. I like Astrid. I think she's nice. Astrid is um, is awesome. That's uh, Gemma Chan. And she yeah. and also, she is flipping gorgeous. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. That woman is beautiful. There's not a lot of ugly in this film. No. There's a little, but there's not a lot. <laughs> well, there's Bernard Ty, but sorry. Sorry, yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy O. Yang. Again, very, okay. very talented comic actor. Yeah. But we should mm, get yes, to that part. Yes, we should. Yes. The Roundup. Max. Yes. Now, you'd seen this before, right? I had. Did you see it in the theater like a good person? I did. Me? I did. I saw it in the theater. What drew it? Drew you to it? Do you remember? Um, I think it was actually a mutual friend of ours, Seth, had said, hey, you want to go see this? Oh, oh cool. Yeah. And um, at the time, at least, yeah. what was your take? I remember... 
Well, you're not going to like this because uh, it's going to bring up a, a name you asked me not to use, but our, our uh, just, just just yeah. use initials. My friend said, "Wow, DT must." This is this is a movie he would love, like because it's a basically hooray for rich people. <laughs> and I can see that to a degree. I liked it a lot. I thought, yes, we've seen this story. I did admittedly think we did. We have seen this story before, but who cares? It's so darn charming. And I have watched this movie a number of times since. And mm-hmm. it's one of my, it's sort of a comfort food movie. Sure. It's just so nice. And the performances are so good. And yes, it's loaded with cliches and stereotypes. And very standard rom-com tropes, but they were—they do them well. And why not? And this, by the way, was the most respon- uh, responsible <laughs> success. <laughs> the most well was responsible for the most. It was the most res- most uh, successful rom-com in a decade. Wow! Rom-coms have not done that well in the last ten or fifteen years. This one blew it. This one knocked it out of the park for uh, success. And you had not seen it. What was your take? Like a bad person. Because yep. as I said, a friend of mine's cousin made it <laughs> and I didn't see it because I'm terrible. Uh, it's a fantasy, right? Yeah. This is prince and oh, princess yeah. stuff. Oh, it's, yeah. That's what it is. And in general, uh, I am not a princess. And she's not a princess, really. He's a prince. Yeah. But yeah. It, it all kind of works out. Uh, it's not generally my kind of thing. If In general, rom-coms aren't my kind of thing. Although... The track record of what we've watched so far might lead people to believe otherwise, but, um, and I don't laugh much in this film. I don't, but when I do, it's loud and it's long. It's funny. I like everybody in it, even the bad characters. I appreciate them for how they're played and who they are. The mother, oh dear God, it's Michelle Yeoh. And besides the fact that I adored Michelle Yeoh, I get her. I don't agree with her, but I get her. And I love the way that they play her, and they really don't pull any punches. And Ama, we love Ama until Ama gets the news, and suddenly Ama has razor sharp teeth <laughs> that fall out and replace themselves because there's six layers of them. Um, Interesting image. And we see, well, you know, she is yeah. it's like the 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 things that come out of that woman's mouth, you know, and suddenly it's just like, oh my god, she, I, you know, I wield ultimate power. <laughs> she she is the one reason you can actually feel sorry for Eleanor. When yeah. she points out that, yeah, Ama didn't approve of her either. And still doesn't. When, well, yeah, Eleanor, when uh, Rachel says, well, at least she came around. And there though Eleanor says twitch. it took many years, there's a look that says, no, she did not. Ever. Yeah. yeah. And you can yeah. tell the little nasty little backhands she throws at Eleanor every so often. Oh, dear gods. And they're, I mean, she's as good with her language as she is with her martial arts. Yeah. She really is. <laughs> Yep. Um, I like the people in it. Yeah. I think Rachel is is charming. I think Nick is charming. I like his friends. Uh, I want the food. I want <laughs> all the food yeah. right now. Would yeah. be nice. Um, it makes the place look really attractive. It's like I don't know anything about whatever Singapore city, whatever that city is, but it's like looks interesting. I'd give it a try. Except you know, of course, you know, it's very far away, and we're not allowed to do that right now. Yeah. Yep. It's cliche, like you said. The story's nothing new. I knew where we were going. I knew how it was going to end. But it doesn't matter because it was well told. It was told with characters we enjoy, and it was fun. Um, just little points in the film. I, as I said, I was I, I missed dialogue because I was laughing so loud. Um, my sister has seen this. She's one of our listeners, and she says, "Oh, I've seen this many times. I'm interested to hear what you say." It's just, it's a, one of her favorites, apparently. Huh. Uh, so I will very happily recommend this film. Yeah. Again, nothing new, but very well told with a lot of great performances, a lot of fun. Uh, it'll make you laugh. Uh, thankfully, it doesn't make me want a lot of money, but it doesn't make me hate the people who have it. In this case, nope. in this case, nope. Uh, uh, in real life, there's certain people who have this money, and I hate them. Yeah, well, but that's fine. That's often more of a testament to the people, not the money. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I basically want. I, I would like to, you know, dump you and become friends with an incredibly rich person, <laughs> and do a podcast well, with them, so I can ride on their private been, jet. Yeah. When hasn't that been true? <laughs> <laughs> uh, You've been threatening that for forty years. Yeah. Right? Where are you? One of these days it'll Bumpy. happen. <laughs> I would trade Bumpy for someone who had their own horse trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to him, Bumpy. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's saying. 
So, but uh, before we get to next week's, let's get a little business out of the way. Ah, uh, yes. You can, of course, uh, get the whole catalog of our all of our back episodes at our website, maxmikemovies.com, or find mm. us on the podcast app of your choice, or iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Our, we're on our the, rates are cheap. Yep, we're on the social mediating. Whoa, went crazy, went crazy. Social media. You're on uh, Facebook and Twitter under Max Mike Movies. And, of course, you can always email us with questions, comments, suggestions, harangues, recipes for chicken satay. Seriously, if you know how to make that stuff and it's not too hard, you can email mm. us at us at MaxMikeMovies.com. So, right. so uh, what are we going to see next week in our cavalcade of romance? Uh, well, we're going to go back a little bit. Not too far. Okay. Black and white again. Yeah. And we're going to see a little film that most people probably haven't heard of. It didn't make much huh. of a splash when it came out. Um, and it stars uh, some C-grade actors that you won't hear of again. Uh, this is pretty much their one shot. Yep, yep. Uh, if you can't tell, I have made terrible, terrible lies of what we're going to see next week. This is what we uh, call sarcasm. Yes? Ah, uh, yes. And it's free. All free today. <laughs> no, next week, we're going to see a little film that I like to call... When Harry Met Sally. That's actually what most people like to call it. Ah, yes. well, um, and I will leave the, the show with this. Whatever Max is having, I'll have that. Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.